Today on Broadway for Wednesday, November 7th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, I had a really good day on Tuesday. Obviously, you know, would have been a great, great day if the Democrats had won the Senate. But I had a really great day otherwise. It started in the afternoon. I got a chance to interview David Rossmer and Steve Rosen, the creators and stars of the phenomenally funny off-Broadway show, The Other Josh Cohen. And James, I know you've seen it, and I know a lot of listeners have seen it. Uh, it officially opens off-Broadway at the Westside Theater on Monday, by the way. It, they are the nicest, funniest guys. I just had an absolute blast talking to them. So that episode will be in this, uh, or that interview will be an episode in the feed here uh, coming up soon, probably over the weekend. But they were fantastic. And I said, since I saw the show, you know, fairly early in previews, and in fact, um, I talked to them after they had been working. It was one of their last days that they could make changes. So they said they were all, they were still changing things. So I don't want to say anything a, a ton about it because it was still in previews, but it's really freaking good. And so I highly, highly recommend it. Um, but then I went from there, went over to the Broadway radio or the Broadway records office, hung out with Robbie Rizal a little bit, went downstairs two flights and I met, uh, publicist uh, extraordinaire Dan Fortune uh, for the first time ever. And then I went and saw the Waverly Gallery with our very own uh, Julie Musback. So um, a very, very fun day in New York City, getting a lot done, seeing a lot of people. Uh, a good day. That's awesome. That's uh, you, you had a very uh, Broadway-centered uh, day today, and that that's awesome. I can't wait for the other Josh Cohn to be uh, open again and uh, and for people to experience it. it it's so good. It's so good. Uh, when I saw it at the Paper Mill Playhouse, I haven't seen the off-Broadway uh, production yet, uh, but I can't imagine how funny the, those guys are. I'm so jealous, and I can't wait to hear your interview. And uh, spending the day with Robbie and Dan Fortune, God, you know, and, and, and the Waverly Gallery. So... These are all good things. Uh, we got to get you uh, full time living here in New York, and uh, yeah. it's on, cold. On the payroll here. Well, it's, it's, well, I mean, if you're talking on the payroll, I mean, I can, you know, I can move anywhere <laughs> depending on what the numbers are. But uh, I can buy a space heater, damn it. <laughs> space heater and hosting Sunday mornings on this week on Broadway. I'm all set. <laughs> I'll, I'll, well, I'll, like I said yesterday, have, have your people call my people. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't, I don't have people, so I don't know who you're calling. But anyway. <laughs> Well, first up in the news, everybody's talking about Jamie. These screenings begin around the country today. Yeah, James, this is interesting to me, and we'll get to that. But first, the newsy part of this is that today around the country, and in fact around North America, the award-winning West End production of the musical Everybody's Talking About Jamie will begin screening in movie theaters. Showtimes will take place at various times during the day, both today and the 11th and on the 14th and probably like most of these if you have an art house theater somewhere around they might have encore presentations further into november and even into december so check your local theater that does things like this the musical which we've talked about before on and off quite a bit is inspired by a true story and it is described as a fresh and contemporary show that celebrates acceptance belonging the power of unconditional love of a mother and her child and how good life is when everybody is the best they can be. 
Now, James, the producing of this show is what has really confused me. It's been a bit of a head scratcher for me because when it first began performances in London, it got incredible reviews, great word of mouth. Our friend Patrick Hines, podcaster, uh, you know, podcasting star, raved about it over in London. Then we started to hear some rumblings about a Broadway transfer. Then there were reports of a movie version. Then these screenings were announced. And James, I, I we are very much pro accessibility, pro things being filmed, pro movie versions um, of musicals. We are totally all about that. But it feels to me like the producers of this didn't really have a plan for what they wanted this show to do post its London opening. And maybe they didn't expect for it to be this successful. Maybe they didn't expect mm. this much attention. Um, but it seems like they've squandered some momentum here, at least here in the U.S. They just extended their booking period in London, which is the equivalent of an extension. Um, so that's great. But I'm a little perplexed about perplexed about how they've handled this one, at least stateside, because it seems like what was a really buzzy show has kind of just waned and people really aren't talking about it anymore over here. Yeah, I, you know, I, I agree with exactly what you're saying there. And uh, everybody's talking about Jamie got such a huge buzz when it opened up on the West End. Uh, it seemed like it was it, it was inevitable to come here. But I, I, I tend to think that maybe they have a strategy and uh, maybe it just hasn't uh, made itself evident to us yet. And also, we, we continually talk about the lack of a lack of theaters for musicals um, because everything is so uh, we're locked up here in New York. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe they 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 don't foresee having the theater of their choice on the horizon right now. So they're just uh, biding some time. Yeah. Joe Biden. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah, that very well could be. Um, it, it just it just seems really interesting that they it kind of has lost that momentum. But we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, if I would have uh, won the mega millions, I would have uh, opened my own Broadway theater, a convertible space that people could do whatever they wanted. in. I would have brought it over, but I didn't win. So, you know. Yeah. The other thing I think about is that perhaps, you know, we are talking about uh, Broadway uh, productions and theaters and and everything else on such an everyday basis that maybe it's a little bit of an echo chamber for people like you and me that uh, we feel as though that they've lost momentum. It, you know, it might be that... Uh, that 99% of the people out there have never even heard of this yet. And uh, yeah. this still could have the potential to be a big hit here in New York. Could be. Definitely could be. All right. So what do we have in the recommendation section? Okay. Two things. First up, uh, over at Broadway World, we have a, our industry section and one of the editors over there, Kara um, uh, uh, Kara Joy David has a, an interesting article that I didn't – I've heard a little bit about, but I didn't really know the total thing here. The Tony Awards has implemented a new self-reporting system. The thing is that to be – to vote in the Tony Awards in, in certain categories, you have to have seen all of the shows that were nominated in said category. You don't have to have seen all of the shows in an entire season because as we've talked about before, a lot of the voters are out of town. So certain things close before they can see it. So if they didn't see all the shows, they're supposed to skip a category. However, 
as you can guess, because it's the honor system, a lot of people just simply overlooked that rule and just voted anyway or didn't go to the shows, gave their Tony voter tickets to other people. Um, so that they that's a flaw in the system that they wanted to correct. This year, they've started this electronic monitoring system that the um, individual general managers for the shows are keeping track of attendance, but it is still – Mostly the honor system. It is people will go, voters will go online and they'll check whether they saw a specific show. And yes, maybe the act of actually having to confirm that you saw it um, rather than, you know, just no one really ever asking the question, just assuming perhaps that can make a difference. Um, the Tony Awards uh, are saying that they are seeing an increase in people responding and RSVPing. So that's better. So that's good. But it's still. It, it's frustrating to me, James, because we take these Tony Awards very seriously. I think the shows take them very seriously. And for voters, and there's, what, 800 of them? To not take it seriously, it, it's a little frustrating. And I know you're a voter. The, the the drama desks are a much different situation than the Tonys are. But, I mean, if you're one of the select 800 people who has the honor of being a Tony voter, go Go to everything that you can, and then if you don't go to something, don't break the rules and, and vote for it when you shouldn't. Like that seems like that should be fairly self-explanatory to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how else to uh, lay it out for the listeners other than what what you've done there. I mean, it's black and white. It's it's a very simple thing. You not only do you have this enormous honor, it's uh, it's an enormous economic benefit, and. Uh, and it's something that uh, that I feel does get abused quite often, and it has. They they've changed it a number of ways in 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 the last, I guess, ten years or so. Uh, when they when they remove the journalists, most damn, mo damn journalists, most of the journalists, the, <laughs> the 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 only group of people that could. Uh, could possibly be impartial <laughs> versus everybody else who's got relationships mm -hmm. uh, in, into productions, but they've removed the journalists out of this thing. Uh, but I also feel like, you know, it, it related to other major awards, the Emmys and the Oscars and the Grammys, uh, we sort of have the same thing where, uh, where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Among those things, and then the uh, Oscars tried to change it by Ugh. increasing category size or increasing, you know, what was the name of that category for like, commercial success? That yeah, it was like a blockbuster yeah. or or popular movie or something. And then the Academy was like, no, that's really dumb. Get rid of that. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, Laura Benanti, she discusses yes. playing her dream role of Eliza Doolittle. Yeah, so now that Laura Benanti has been in the role of Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady for about two weeks now, she's been doing some interviews. Um, we'll have a link to one she did with Broadway World's Richie Ridge uh, in the show notes. But, um, I, you know, look, I talked about seeing the show already. We, my affection for Laura Benanti as a person and performer is no secret. Um, but it, it, I think, James, that you and I being in this, you know, in a daily uh, way, I think we can get a little cynical about the way that people approach this business because it is a business. It is a job. You have to have a fairly thick skin to be a performer, which you know better than I do as having been a performer. But 
to see the wonder that Laura Benanti has when talking about playing this part is really incredible and it's exciting. And it's just so cool to see her light up when talking about it. And that was so evident to me when I saw her in the show. She brings such a new level of humor to the production. And I think that extends to everyone else on stage. I think I said this on Monday's show. There was just so much more humor to it than there was when I saw it admittedly early in previews um, with Lauren Ambrose. And, it, and I don't think that's that's a knock on Lauren Ambrose. It's just a different interpretation of the role impacts everyone else on stage. But there was just a different humor and a different humanity to that role. And I just can't, uh, you know, she is a gift from the musical theater gods. Um, and the fact that I think the opportunity to play this specific part means so much to her is certainly translating to her performance on stage. Okay, Matt, uh, what other news do you have today? Okay, yesterday, Page Six reported that Harvey Firestein, currently represented on Broadway by both Torch Song and Kinky Boots, is currently at work on a new play about lawyer, activist, and U.S. Representative Bella Abzug. Abzug fought for civil and women's rights in the 1960s and 70s and served in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1971 through 77. She passed away in 1998. Firestein said, quote, the time's right for this. I'm doing research, talking to people who knew her. Uh, I'm going to have a reading of the show that he's writing. And he adds that Bella was an old friend of his. Um, so, James, you kind of gasped a little bit. Was that is that exciting or is that new news to you? Well, it is new news. Uh, this is a two-show day for me today. We recorded early this morning, and we're recording mm -hmm. late on Tuesday night. And so I misread the headline here, and I thought the headline here was Harvey Firestein working on playing Bella Abzug. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I totally misread that headline. That's why I, I laughed a little bit. Uh, so, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that he played a woman, you know? No, so. no, I, yeah. I, yeah. And th that's why it, it the headline didn't surprise me when I misread it, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, yeah. Well, speaking of Harvey, he is a number of Broadway names added to the fall lineup up town at the 92nd Street. Why? First on November 13th will be NPR Presents Audie Cornish and Viola Davis at the 92nd Street. Why? The Oscar, Emmy, and two-time Tony winner will speak to the All Things Considered host about her life and career. Then the following month on December 3rd will be Broadway Talks with Jordan Roth featuring Firestein, Michael Urie, and Mercedes Rule, those two currently starring in Torch Song on Broadway. I love Audie Cornish, and I love Viola Davis, so I think that will be a really, really cool event if you're able to get tickets. Uh, I guess that's just next week, uh, a week from uh, for a week from Tuesday, a week from yesterday. Gosh, days are really hard. Um, and then for more information on both of those events and how you can get tickets, check out the show notes. And finally, James, the Roundabout Theater Company has announced a second extension for Ming Pfeiffer's world premiere play, Usual Girls, originally scheduled to run through December 9th. This is its second one-week extension. It will now play through Christmas Eve Eve, December 23rd of 2018. For more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Hey, I heard uh, from uh, Janet Tessa Fox that she is uh, going to be chatting with Heidi Schreck. Uh, oh, wow. So I'm really excited about that. We talked about Heidi's uh, play being uh, extended, 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 then moved from New York Theatre Workshop, uh, opening up, reopening up uh, in a couple of weeks uh, at a different house. So... Uh, it really exciting stuff happening here, and uh, I, I, I love everything that's happening. This is really cool. 
Yeah, it's a really f- interesting season to me, James. I, it's 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 such a, a play heavy season, both on and off Broadway, um, that it feels a little different than than other seasons where the musicals had kind of sucked the air out of the room for the plays. But the plays this season, both on and off Broadway, are tremendous. Like it, I I know it's cyclical, and you know every year and every season and every half of a season is different. But it's I mean. Plays are killing it this 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 fall, so I'm super excited. I've seen some great ones already, so uh, bring on the plays, man. The play's the thing. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? Well done. Uh, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt James. Uh, Wednesday is my final full day in New York. I'm seeing Torch Song and then head over heels and in between i'm recording on the popcorn project podcast with kevin and brian from broad wasted talking about captain america civil war getting my nerd <laughs> getting my nerd cred on so excited well, that's awesome you have to let us know when that's uh, ready to come out we'll do love the broad wasted guys that's awesome my name is james marino from broadwayvideo.com and broadwaystars.com thank you for spending some of your wednesday with us and uh, if Matt uh, can fit us into your schedule, maybe uh, we'll come back and talk with you tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows?